Hi, I'm Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20. And on this week's show, a traumatic experience I had with an astronaut pen. The PR guru Paul Blanchard talks about the correct way to deal with bad press. And I'll ask Emily Strasser from The Bomb if the atomic bomb could have been stopped. My special guest this week is Edward Hardy from The Hardy Report. Edward, you're a Brit, but your podcast is mostly about American politics. It is indeed. I really got into American politics sort of in the run-up to uh, probably, well, I've been interested in politics since before the 2010 general election, but I got interested in US politics really and and focused on that in the run-up to the 2016 election in, in early 2015. And that just became, it's a fascinating process how it all works. There's so much to cover and talk about. And so I set up the podcast because I was I was tweeting and I was doing commentary on it. And I thought, why not interview these fascinating characters from candidates to people who are in positions of power at the time, officials, people who are reporting on it. So we've had senior White House correspondents give their take. And it's been a fascinating ride, really. And when I started it, I thought, all of this commentary, I thought, oh, this will only be a brief period. We'll have Hillary Clinton and so on, like everyone else did. And then it was a wild uh, four years. And I thought, I'll launch the podcast, get to talk to the people on the ground and really understand what's going on. So that's really the basis for it. But it's been a, a fascinating few years. I think everyone can agree. Yeah, I, I know what it's like coming to American politics and trying to work out how it all works. I learned the most about American politics and how it works by watching The West Wing. So, <laughs> I've watched that several times. It's a great show and it's educational too. Coming up, we'll find out where the Hardy Report is on this week's chart and which podcasts Edward Hardy listens to. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester and Glasgow, on demand in the USA and at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, Impausable with Logan Paul. The world's greatest, most thought-provoking, mentally stimulating podcast in the history of mankind. Hosted by a bunch of idiots. At 19, The Mindset Mentor. Hosted by Rob Dial. The podcast for you if you need motivation, direction and focus in life. 18, Anatomy of Murder. A murder case has many layers. The victim, the crime and the investigation. This podcast dissects each piece of a tragic puzzle. At 17, The Local Lowdown with Piper Terrett. Piper, I hope you've had a better week than me. I've had a traumatic experience with my astronaut pen. Oh, yes. This is my astronaut pen. No, um, I didn't know about that. Okay, this is, I've had this for years. In fact, this is yeah. about the fourth one I've had because I've become oh. unhealthily attached to my current astronaut pen actually i've had this one a long time Uh, and it is the fisher space pen it is the pen that was developed to give to the american astronauts so that if ever i'm in the weightless environment of space i can still write upside down and whatever it's uh yeah it's my fisher space pen and i have to know where it is at all times in fact it's very unusual for me to not be wearing a shirt with a top pocket because i like to put it in the top pocket but but i'm always checking have i got my astronaut pen really and the other day it went missing 
And it was a day where I hadn't been out the house for four days. So there was absolutely no way it was not in this flat. Four days. Oh, but, my God. But I didn't know where the astronaut pen had gone. And, of course, I did the usuals. I searched down the side of the couch, and it wasn't there. And I turned everything upside down, and I didn't find it. And then two full days later, I decided I'll go and check, and I'll check down the couch again. And I checked down the couch again, and there it was. Oh. Clearly, there is a portal in the couch into a fourth dimension mm. where this space pen was in that fourth dimension. And the portal then a couple of days later reopened and allowed me to reach back into the fourth dimension and retrieve the pen. That, that, that is the only answer to what has happened. Well, it's a space pen, isn't it? So it probably, yeah. you know, yearns yeah. to be in space somewhere. Yeah. And, and this fourth dimension could be run by aliens or something who want to go, what's the space pen he's so attached to? Let's make sure we get that and have a quick look at that. Let me take, we'll, we'll take it to bits and we'll put it all back together. A couple of days later, we'll put it back. And that's Do you clearly think it's what, been probed? I think it may it may have been probed. Um, I don't know which which end is the uh, you would you would place the anal probe in an space pen, but I'm sure if you are into that kind of thing, you would know exactly how to handle that. Well, aliens are it. supposed yeah. to be, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Give it a good wash. That's yes, what I'm exactly. Yeah. It's like what's the joke? What's the difference between an anal thermometer and an oral thermometer? I don't know. <laughs> the taste. Yeah. Um, oh. Yes. It's the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts right now. I'm Graham Mack, counting them down, and we're up to number 16, which is the Adam Buxton podcast. Adam's latest ramble chat is with the Irish musician and former Maloco member, Roisin Murphy. At 15, You're Dead to Me, the history podcast for people who don't like history. 14, Newscast from BBC Radio 4. At number 13, The Hardy Report with Edward Hardy. Edward, what podcasts inspire you? Well, uh, I'm a really big fan of uh, Reply All. I love listening to Reply All, which is, uh, it tells these stories and goes into these really interesting stories that people should uh, check out. I uh, also, you know, can't say I'm not inspired by what people do on, on Pod Save America and the work that they've done and, and love it or leave it over there, which which I think is fantastic. Uh, and also, as I mentioned earlier, Tortoise, who do uh, a little sort of seven minute podcast stories that they do on, on news topics with people at the centre of them. So I think those are really fascinating. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Podcasts that tell stories that give people some more knowledge on, on what was going on is always a, a fantastic medium. And I say that's what I try to do. That's what your podcast book. definitely does. It does. You get oh, you get the people on who really know and you know enough about it to have a, a decent conversation with them. And uh, yeah, it really is. It's the Hardy Report. It's available wherever you get your podcast. And what's next for Edward Hardy? We're refreshing into a new season, so that's going to be really exciting. I can't wait to share it with people as as to what it's going to uh, sort of take the approach of, of looking into and the people we're going to have on the show. So it's going to be a fantastic uh, new sort of setup, uh, particularly now we're in a new era of politics and American politics. So that's going to be a, a great thing that I can't wait to share with people. And I say, you go to, I think, podfollow.com slash the Hardy Reports, 
Uh, if you do that on your phone or whatever device, it will take you to the podcast app that is most appropriate for that platform. So podfollow.com forward slash the, the Hardy Report. And people can find me at Edward T. Hardy on Twitter as well. And I do like to have a conversation with people. So if they want to have a civil discussion about things, please go find me. Please go and talk to me on there. I'm, I'm always happy to do that. I know where you are. It's Edward Hardy from The Hardy Report, which is at number 13 this week. Coming up, I'll talk to Ed about why his podcast leans towards the left of American politics. At 12, Law, the podcast that features dark historical tales of mysterious creatures, tragic events, and unusual places that fill the pages of history, because sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. At 11, Desert Island Discs. Lauren Laverne's latest castaway is the actress Sophia Loren. Number 10 is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. And at 9, Media Masters from the PR guru Paul Blanchard. Paul, occasionally we see celebrities just come out and admit that they've got a, a dark secret. And usually they do that because the story about them is about to come out anyway. Did Philip Schofield do that? I can't discuss that. Oh, is he a client? All right. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Just in case. All right. If you can't discuss it, fine. No, totally fine. Totally fine. But but uh, for what it's worth, I think the way he handled that was was quite brilliant. I think he came out he came out on top actually um, because it must have been about to to come out, and and he just got in front of it. And uh, okay. Totally I mean, not fine. speaking about that particular case, but yes. in general, I, I I think that that's right. I mean, you you often see it where. If a celebrity is tweeting at 11 p.m. at night with an announcement, that's because he or she has been has been pushed into it. But that's you know, that 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 does happen. I mean, the other alternative that you do is you go you go to another outlet completely and and give them the interview. And there you've got no um, you've you've kind of you can have an unfettered negotiation because that you also don't have what you you know what the, the the second news outlet might not have the evidence of the first one so if you act quickly and in fact that's one of the reasons often why journalists don't, uh, are so sort of vociferous when they say you know we must have your response by midnight tonight because a classic spoiler attempt is to spoil it is to go to a rival news one give it you know uh, organization give your side of the story get it out there and then inevitably it's unfair on the oh, unfair from that the the person's point of view that you know the journalist's point of view because they've then lost the opportunity to to, to break that story yeah um so yeah. yeah i mean there's a lot of negotiation behind the scenes i had a, a, a three or four years ago i had a client who was a celebrity and a radio presenter and happily married and uh, um he was having a, 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 a an affair with a man he's obviously purported to be straight and was actually bisexual and was having an affair with a man and the son were going to turn him over uh they had acres and acres of affidavits and so on from the the young man that he was seeing and you know the first thing there was to to, to persuade him and his wife to sort of engage with it and do the whole you know sitting on the sofa and talking openly about this and then instead of sort of six pages from the uh, the young man, it was I think he was relegated to about a quarter of page six, and the rest of it was him and his wife. And it, I mean, it was the best of a bad job yeah. because you know I, I count as a significant win, and the, the, all of the win was vested in the fact that that person was persuaded to do it. Because there's always that hope of well, if we don't cooperate, maybe it'll go away. Not with a seventy-two page affidavit, Watson. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be smart about it and just defuse it. Yeah, it's tough though because you know often in these situations you're dealing with the 
the manifestation of very deep, very deep, much deeper problems. I mean, you know, I work with a, a bank and um, they've, they've gone through some tough times in the last year or so. And part of it, I can see all of the problems that they've had over the years haven't been because of the problems themselves. It's because the chairman and the chief executive were on barely on speaking terms. Right. And, you know, that they would they would say hello to each other in the corridor if other people were in the corridor to appear professional. But if there was no one else in the corridor, they would literally just blank each other as they passed each other. They would never speak even a single word, and it was just utterly dysfunctional. And that dysfunction manifested itself a few years later in some problems that the bank got into. And then you think, well, um, you know, I'm presented with a problem that the FT are going to run a story on X, Y, and Z. And I'm thinking, well, how can I solve this in two hours when the board themselves have turned a blind eye to it for five years? Do you yeah. see what I mean? It's, yeah. it, it, sometimes you just have to engage with it. Yeah. Paul Blanchard. And the podcast is called Media Masters. It's at number nine this week on the pod 20. Number eight, No Such Thing as a Fish, the award-winning podcast from the QI offices. Seven, Grounded with Louis Theroux. Stuck at home, Louis using the lockdown to track down some high-profile people he's been longing to talk to. From all walks of life and on both sides of the Atlantic. Six, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Let's check in with my special guest this week. It's Edward Hardy from The Hardy Report. Edward, your podcast deals mainly with American politics, and it's not exactly neutral. It does lean towards the left, doesn't it? I think for a lot of young people, what we believe and the worlds that we envision and support often ends up on that left side of politics. So believing you have to tackle issues like climate change with radical approaches, uh, supporting increases to the minimum wage, addressing like housing issues, for example, I'm really passionate about. Uh, and we had a really fascinating individual who'd written a book about how to address the uh, housing crisis that exists. And topics like that, I think, often end up on the left side of politics. It's never my intention with the show. It wasn't when I started it to be uh, one side or another. So the, the, the podcast itself doesn't have a political agenda? No, we, we have people like uh, Tim Miller, who was Jeb Bush's uh, press secretary during the 2016 campaign, right near the beginning of the show. And I've always been open to having Republicans on the show. Often it finds it's quite difficult to get them to come on the show. Um, that was always a challenge. And there have been people that I've wanted to uh, get on the show. I won't name names that, to be fair, on both sides of the aisle that, that didn't come on. But... I, I always want to have those conversations with people because I think that we often live in a world that's a, a bubble. Our social media really created that problem for us. And while I might not agree with someone, while I might have my own personal feelings like every interviewer does and that might shape how I approach it, the listeners want to hear from everyone. They want those people to be exploring those topics and, and know why people think the way they do. And so it, it was never the intention of the podcast to be one way or another. And, and I really try to avoid that being the case because I think that it, these topics are topics that affect people. Certainly the generations that, that are to come are going to be affected by them. And I just wanted to, to talk about them uh, really. But yes, I, I think that 
it's it's hard not to acknowledge that my youth and my personal views going to impact the sort of focus we go for. Well, thanks for being so open about it. More from Edward Hardy next week. Back to the chart now, and we're into the top five. At five, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So he started a podcast to fix that. Number four, Today in Focus from The Guardian. Number three, The Bomb, hosted by Emily Strasser. Emily, your podcast is about the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima and its legacy. You talk about your grandfather who worked on the bomb and a bloke called Leo Szilard, who conceived the nuclear chain reaction and wrote the letter for Albert Einstein's signature that resulted in the building of the first atomic bomb. Eventually, Szilard wanted to stop the development of the bomb. Could the bomb have been stopped? So... I mean, it's interesting to think, what if he had never, say, talked to Einstein? You know, would it have been started or how would it have been started? But my thinking is that once the project is in motion and you're in a world war and it's as brutal and as long as it is and scientists think that other people are going to develop the bomb um, and even after it's clear that they're not, my thinking is kind of... That ship has has probably sailed. I don't know that it was possible to stop it. So do you think human beings would have eventually come up with this this weapon eventually? On that without there being you know, like if if the war had if Japan had surrendered for another reason, maybe a bit later or or whatever, do you Mm -hmm. think the world would, would have the bomb today? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I mean, I think sometimes about like if these discoveries that made the bomb possible had happened when we weren't on the edge of a world war, um, maybe we still would have had a bomb, but maybe, you know, Leo Szilard and a lot of other scientists, they advocated for like international cooperative governance around nuclear weapons. Mm. Um, And so if it had been a different time, would we have not used it or somehow had agreements that prevented nations from building them. Um, but I don't know. People it's are hard warlike, to say. right? It's a, yeah, and people I, like to have power. So, And also, you know, if we look at one of the examples here in the 1950s in Britain, you know, Britain had their bomb, because there's the Hiroshima and Nagasaki were American bombs. So then Britain got its own bomb that we were testing in Australia at Maralinga. Mm-hmm. And we had spies in Cambridge who were communists, Burgess, Philby, what was it? Anyway, there's a whole, they're very famous spies, went and sold the details of the bomb to the Russians. And this was in like the 1950s. So you have to wonder whether, you know, if the the Russians didn't get the American bomb, they would have got the British bomb. And if they didn't, they got that, they could have got the French bomb. And, you know, other countries ended up sorting it out. So you have to wonder whether it was just a matter of time anyway that we'd be in. Yeah, no, absolutely. In in what became, you know, uh, the the threat of of total nuclear annihilation, as as hot or cold as that became through the years, you know, probably the closest was was Cuban Missiles Crisis, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but there were but who knows? There may have been times when we got just as close, but we'll never know when that was. Right. 
So there how did you near misses that are scary? <laughs> do do you know do you know more about them about near misses? Um, they're just I sort of have read a little bit. This hasn't been my major area of focus, but um, you know there there are stories of during the Cold War when like a flock of swans were mistaken for nuclear missiles, and we're you know this far away from somebody pushing that button. Um, you know weather planes. There was a nuclear bomb accidentally, luckily it was unarmed, but they didn't know that at the time, like accidentally dropped on North Carolina, like an American one um, that just like wound up in, I don't know, somebody, some guy's field. So it's, you know, it's pretty frightening. There's an excellent book. Um, let's see. Command and Control by Eric Schloss or something, something like that, um, that is sort of about the frightening state of nuclear insecurity and all of the near misses and all of the accidents that we haven't heard about. Right. So, so we nearly had a real life Dr. Strangelove uh, thing mm. going on. <laughs> yeah. The Bomb, hosted by Emily Strasser, is at number three this week on the Pod 20. At number two, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. And for the second week at number one. Alan Carr's Life's a Beach. Alan's latest guest is the singer-songwriter and composer Rufus Wainwright. That's it for episode 44 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Edward Hardy, Piper Terrett, Paul Blanchard and Emily Strasser. Next week, my special guest is Maria Passingham from the podcast Equal Parts, which is about how couples met each other and even features how I met my wife. Equal Parts is back with stories of holiday romances becoming life partners, social networks disappearing oceans and first impressions that are hard to forget. I could see his little eyes in the front rolling like... (laughs) Who do these queens think they are? It was that movie moment. The sun was literally shining directly to her and her eyes were like, ka-ding! And I was like, oh, she's kind of cute. Casually, he just said, would you like to go out for dinner? Let's let's go out. And I literally ran across the dance floor to my friends. I'm like, give me a pen, give me a pen. Somebody got to be a pen. He wants my number. Give me a pen. I still have that piece of paper and I put it in a little plastic sleeve. And on the one side, it's the message from the Royal International Hotel. And on the back, it says Julie Halford, 70650. In a time marked by separation, escape to scenes of lovers finding each other. This season will transport you across the world, from Nigeria to New Zealand, to dance, explore and fall in love under the stars. We just had this night where we just sat on the beach just talking all night long. And I remember watching the constellation of Orion kind of move across the hot, like it rose up above the horizon and moved across the whole sky. And I just remember thinking like, oh, universe, this is what I want. He literally told me that same day he wanted to marry me. So that's when everything changed. And you tell someone that you love them and dead silence. Got like longer and longer and just like awkward and just be like, okay, did I destroy everything? It was not one of those situations when you meet someone in person and it feels awkward. It almost feels like a surprise and like, oh, this is finally happening. Almost like I, I was being electrocuted. 
electrocuted him in a good way. Okay, I just want to be her friend and I don't want to make things complicated. I am single and I want to have this travel experience for myself. So I don't want to fall in love. That's what I said to everyone when I left for that trip. Like, oh, this is going to be my trip. It's going to be my year and I'm not going to fall in love. And it's just going to be all about me, myself and I. It's difficult to describe high on words because sometimes you just feel that words don't do justice. Mary Passingham from Equal Parts, my special guest next week on The Pod 20. If you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. What will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Alan Carr still be at the top of the chart, making it three weeks at number one? Will your favourite podcast make it to the top? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.